The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. I'm always delighted when I come across a new gothic tale, but never more so than when it happens to be written by someone unlikely. Say, for example, Captain Frederick Marriott, who was popular in his day with young readers for his tales of sea adventure, such as Midshipman Ready. This one, however, is a savage, bloody, haunting tale of another color, or to be precise, a wolf. What is it, Herman? Their father. Through the trees. The white wolf. Give me my gun. No, I have a bead on her already. Why do you say her? Because Marcella thinks it's a she-wolf. Now. No! Why did you knock my gun in the air? Because. Because, don't you see? It is not a wolf who comes to us, but a woman. A beautiful woman. mystery drama, The White Wolf, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Ian Martin and stars Norman Rose and Christopher Tabori. It is sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and Exlax. I'll be back shortly with Act One. Legends of lycanthropy must be as old as man himself. And believe it or not, the werewolf, or wolfman, is still a valid phenomenon today in certain parts of the world. But that is a pathological phenomenon, a psychiatric descent into cannibalism and bestiality, which has little to do with legend. That's what this story is about, the terrible, spine-chilling transformation of man to ravening beast. The legendary spirits that haunt the Hartz Mountains of Germany and the blood-curdling phantom with the snarling mouth and flesh-destroying claws, the lips bared to reveal the great knives of the canine teeth and the travesty of a smile that means death. The werewolf. That dumped a wolf, why doesn't he be quiet? They are incredible, Wilhelm. Somehow they smell blood. How? The animal must be a legal way. What are you? Medical doctor or witch doctor, Franz Baum? The first, I hope. But I have also lived my life in the shadow of these mountains. How's the boy? We can let Herman answer that for himself. You, you feel better from the bleeding? I, I don't know, Herr Doctor. I feel weak as a kitten still. Of course, of course. But I think the fever has abated, yes. Yes, give me a fresh damp cloth, Wilhelm. Ah, the water is all but gone. I'll have Marcella bring some. First, let us rid ourselves of this basin of blood. No sight for a young girl. I'll throw it in the mitten. No, no. You dare not do that. That wolf out there, whatever he is, don't do anything to attract him to your house. I will rid you of the blood I have let. How? I have some containers. I'll take it back to Coburg. With me, I can use it for my experiments. Sleep. 
sleep, my boy, and wake refreshed. I, I'm afraid that's just what I'm going to do. Doctor, is he all right? Of course. I gave him a draft to help him rest. Ah, I must get my gun. Get I time enough that we get away. It grows dark. You are sure Herman will recover? I have every hope. But really, Wilhelm, I must protest again. This lost woodsman's cottage on the edge of nowhere is not a place to bind your children to. Franz, let us not argue it again. You know why I hide here like a criminal. Why do I say like a criminal? I am one in the eyes of the law. I thought you said Herman was asleep. I hope. But you're speaking loud enough for Marcel and your little boy Caesar to hear. Sounds carry in such a small cabin. From outside as well as in, it seems. Damned wolf. He's hiding below the bed and won't come out. No, no, hush, darling. I'm just going to get my gun. Better I leave, Wilhelm. Once I am gone, your wolf will not trouble you, I think. I carry away in my bag the scent which tempted him here. I don't care what tempted him here. I've put a bullet in him. Oh, Herr Dr. Baum, why do we stay here hidden in the forest? It is your father's will, dear Marcella. How is Hermann? Your brother is resting quietly now. I'll be back to see him as soon as I may. But I think we have drawn away the fever from within him. How can I help? Bring him some fresh, cool towels, Marcella. See that he sleeps. Keep him... Oh, I've got to go to Caesar. He'll be scared. Did you kill that terrible wolf, Papa? Oh, no, just grazed him. Go tend to Caesar, Marcella. Yes, Papa. Where was it? Damn near inside the house, scrabbling at a back window. An unusual creature. You know, it was pure white with fur like ermine. A white wolf? Yeah, against the snow it moved like a ghost. But at all events, it is gone. Yes. Then I will take with me the blood scent that brought it here. But what about Herman? I shall return within the month, unless I can persuade you to abandon the wilderness, come back to the world... I have a deep fear there is some evil threat about you in these haunted mountains. You mean this white wolf? I really don't know what I mean, old friend. I am a man of science until I return to these tree-shrouded slopes and then I become... Become what? Primitive, afraid of all I do not know or am afraid to know, afraid of the dark which I must run to escape. Afraid of myself because I have no resource with all my learning to stifle primeval fear. These darkening woods and tortured hills are somehow unnatural, supernatural. My name is Herman, and I was born in the year 1763. I'm now 21 years old, and I live with my father, my sister Marcella, who's almost 20 and my brother Caesar, who was 11, in a woodsman's cabin deep in the Hartz Mountains. The nearest house to us is several leagues, and the nearest town over 25. I recite all these facts to myself, light-headed with this raging fever, and sorrowing that we must all live this isolated life. Why? <laughs> I do not know. 
There is something quite terrible in my father's background of which he will not speak. I wonder how long I've been ill, floating half in this world and half perhaps in some dread other. Now at least the pounding in my head is gone. The ache is washing away from my bones and I feel myself coming back. Come, Herman. That's better. Take some more soup. You need to build back your strength. Never fear. I'm on the mend. Thank God for Dr. Baum. Oh, why must we stay buried here? I don't know, little one. But I think the time has come for us to get back among people again. You think you could convince Papa? Well, I can try. What is his father? Out hunting, he says. But I think he searches for only... Only one thing. What? The white wolf. The what? Well, that wolf meat isn't good to eat. He's not hunting it for food. Just to kill it. But why? Because... The stories... The legends... About the spirits here in the mountains... You mean the werewolves? <laughs> That's an old wives' tale. I don't know. I don't know. Something almost human about its voice. And it doesn't sound like a man, but like a woman. A woman? Yes. You know something, Herman? Why I am really most afraid? Why? Because I think... I think it is me she really comes for. You hear? As if she were calling me. Well, that's stopping your white wolf. Father's killed her. No. He missed her again. He always misses. My little sister, you give me three or four days to mend my health with your good soups and your good cooking, and I will shoot your white wolf for you. In the days after my sister had told me of the white wolf, my dreams had been haunted by visions of the animal's shape twisting and coiling into a pillar of steam which gradually congealed in the cold into the body of a woman with corded arms like the feet of some prehensile bird and huge talons built to rip and tear. Within the week, I felt myself again, so much myself, that one morning when we heard... Well... This time I resolved that I should go along with my father. Ah, it is bitter cold. The snow makes heavy going, Herman. Are you sure you are up to this? I'm fine now, father. And I want at least one glimpse of this white wolf of yours. Not mine till I put a bullet through its head. Father, why must we stay buried in this wilderness? Why don't we forget the wolf in this rough life and go back to Coburg? It is not the first time you have asked the question. Nor the last. Very well. You are old enough to know. Let us get out of the wind and under the protection of the trees. And while we build a fire to warm the soup Marcella sent with us, I will tell you the truth at last. I have tried to bury the secret, but... You are of age. You have a right to know. You already remember that this is not our home, that we are from Transylvania. I remember the long journey here after our mother died. She... She did not 
die, son. She was killed. I killed her. What? In those happier days, I was steward to the Margrave. I was my lord's most trusted servant, successful and happy. And in return, he had all my faith and loyalty. Until that terrible night when I returned unexpectedly from a mission he had sent me on to find him with your mother, who was so beautiful and I thought so innocent. My reaction was immediate. Before I knew it, my gun had resounded twice. And both of them were dead. Uh, no use to try to tell authorities the provocation. To murder such an eminent man had no justification in their eyes, nor in the laws of that feudal state. I, I gathered all my money and the three of you children and fled to this retreat where we live now. Herman. Herman, that is the way of it. Blame me or not as you will. I carry the burden of it on my shoulders, sure that Almighty God will visit me someday with the punishment I have tried so hard to avoid. But what is that? There. There. Through the trees, just beyond the turn that comes into this clearing. Ah, the white wolf. My gun. No, no, no. I have a bead on it already. I may have better luck than you, Father. Shh, shh, shh. Don't move. Wait. Wait till you see it clear. And make sure. I have her right in my sight. Her? Marcella thinks the wolf is a female. And now... No! Why did you knock the gun in the air? Herman, don't you see? It is not a wolf who comes to us. It is a woman. And a beautiful one at that. How fortunate that young Herman did not kill this lovely woman who had materialized as though out of nowhere. Or would it have been, in hindsight, so terrible a thing? Let's wait for the woman to declare herself first before we judge. I shall be back shortly with Act Two. Herman and his father are transfixed. The older man by the dark beauty of the woman, who, even stumbling and reeling from exhaustion, manages to retain an air of grace. The younger man, appalled that, but for his father's hastily flung arm that allowed the carefully aimed gun to discharge harmlessly in the air, he might have ended her life. Then, suddenly coming out of shock, both men rush to her aid. Are you all right, Fräulein? Just tired and frozen. Oh, my father. Come to the fire and warm yourself. Where is your father? The horse tumbled, and we were both thrown from it. I landed in the snow. But my father, he must have hit his head on a rock. I couldn't rouse him. And our horse ran away. You stay with my father, and I'll see to yours. I ran quickly into the forest by the path from which she had appeared. Racing through the twists and turns, I seemed to be in some enchanted palace. The snow-laden trees, frozen by the cold, forming a shimmering, otherworldly ceiling over my head. Before I knew it, I was slithering and slipping into a declivity. Lying at the bottom, facing me, 
was the figure of a man richly dressed in a velvet tunic overlaid with a magnificent cape trimmed in fur. Sir? Oh, I think I must have been stunned a moment. Uh, uh, never mind that. My, my daughter? I have no fear, sir. She's with my father. Not over 200 yards from here. She found us and sent us to your aid. Oh, thanks be to God. We were both at the end of our tether. Kranz, did you say your name was? Yamanher. Your father could not by any chance be Wilhelm Kranz? Yes, that's his name. Ah, must be fate. Uh, help me to my feet, boy, and onto my horse, then lead me to my daughter and your father. And that is how we discovered and brought Manfred of Barnsdorf and his daughter Christina into our home and into our lives. From the beginning, our father was enchanted with her silvery voice and her ethereal beauty, and of course, by the common heritage that we shared with Manfred. It is fortunate we found you hunting. I was only lured outside in pursuit of a large white wolf which has been haunting our premises of late. Ah, yes. Our quarters are small, but you are welcome to shelter here for as long as it takes you to recover. You said you come from Transylvania. Even so, mine hair. I was a chamberlain in the service of the house of Erneigen. Even as I once was to the Margrave of Bitterstein. But why would you leave such a fine position? You may well ask. My master conceived a desire for my daughter, not as legal wife, but simply to use for his pleasure. And it ended up by my giving him a few inches of my hunting knife. Then we are brothers in misfortune, my dear sir. Ah, brother indeed. And you need not renew your grief by telling me your story, which I know only too well. We are comrades in misfortune. Well, you shall make this your home as long as you desire. Did you hear, Marcella? Yes, brother. It seems our family is to be enlarged. I pray not. Why? I don't know. I cannot bear to look on that woman. For all her beauty. She frightens me so. Although I was fascinated with Christina, some deep chord in me echoed Marcella's fear. Yet it seemed unreasonable. For Christina was a lovely woman. Her features classically molded. Her mouth was a dark red, startlingly vivid against the pastel of her other color somewhat larger when it was open, revealing the most brilliantly white teeth I have ever beheld. I'll never forget the night I heard my father and Manfred talking together almost a month after they had come to live with us. If it is Christina's will, of course you may have my daughter's hand in marriage. And I shall leave you now that my head has mended and find habitation elsewhere. Why not remain here, Manfred? No, no, I, I am called elsewhere. But I... Let, let what I say suffice. Ask no more questions. You may have my child. I thank you for her truly and will duly value her. Uh, there is, however, one difficulty. I can guess what you would say. There is no priest here in this wild country, nor is there law to bind 
still there must pass between you some ceremony to satisfy your father. Of course. But what? Will you consent to marry her after my fashion? Yes, I will. Then I shall marry you directly. Christina! Yes, father? I wish you in here directly. Coming. I will get my children. No need. This is amongst us elders. What is your wish, father? Less my wish than yours. You wish to marry Wilhelm? If it is his wish, it is my dearest one. Then come. Take hands. What is that? Your wedding march. You have her hand? Yes. Then swear by all the spirits of the heart's mountain. I swear, but why not by heaven? Because it is not my humor. If I prefer an oath less binding, will you deny me? Do you want me to swear by what I do not believe? Will you be married or shall I take my daughter away with me? What will you have me swear? Swear by all the spirits of the heart's mountains. By all their power for good and evil that you take Christina to be your lawful wedded wife. That you will protect her, cherish her and love her. That your hand shall never be raised against her to harm her. I do solemnly swear. And swear that if you fail in this vow, may all the vengeance of the spirits fall upon you and your children. May their flesh be torn from their limbs and their bones blanch in the wilderness. And that to this oath you pledge their blood. Swear! I swear! Such was the second marriage of my father. From the inner room of the cottage, peering through a crack in the door, we three children watched. I with an arm about Caesar, who was struck dumb, and my sister Marcella, who was trembling from hand to foot with fright and despair. The next morning, our life with our stepmother began. Marcella, come here at once. Yes? Marcella. I'm sorry. I... Yes? Who? Yes. Mother. You find it so difficult to say? Yes. Uh, No. I, I mean, just strange. How do you mean, strange? Just that... That my real mother has been... I mean, we have had no mother for so long. That it's hard to say. You will learn to say it. And to treat me as one. And to obey me. All of you. And when I call, I want you to come quicker. Sorry, I... Sorry, who? I'm sorry, mother. I was preparing a soup for... Who told you to do that? Why, no one. But I always From now on, I will be in charge of what we eat. You will cook and clean and wash the dishes and do the household chores. But I decide what we eat and how we eat it. Yes. Mother. That's better. Now, you can prepare the vegetables and set the table. I will prepare the meat. Well, what is it? Shh. It's her. Uh, who? 
stepmother. She's gone out. Gone out? Yes. Gone out the door and in her night clothes. Are you sure? In this winter weather, not dressed with snow on the ground? Good Lord. There's a wolf. She'll be torn to pieces. But apparently, she bore a charmed life. For a few minutes later, we watched her return, still in her nightdress. She went to a pail of water, washed her hands and face carefully, and returned to bed. All this, I may say, I watched as in a dream, for my fever was coming back on me. So much so, I had to take to my bed again. And through the days, was able to watch how cruel and demanding my stepmother was to Marcella and Caesar, and to learn that every night, the moon now being full, she stole outside in her nightdress to Rome. Herman, wake up. Oh, wake up. Yes, I, I'm, I'm awake. I'm awake. Forgive me for bothering you when you were sick. But I'm almost out of my mind. But, but, but what is it, dear sister? Her. Her again. She's out prowling the night. And it's bitter cold with the snow coming down. It's not human. Listen to that. I'm almost ready to pray the wolves might get her. They'll never get her. It isn't wolves. Only one. I looked out of the window. The moon is full and high. It's that special one. The white wolf. <gasps> Who fired that shot? Oh, it must have been Caesar. Caesar? Yes. He knew you were sick. And he's been bragging to me how he could take your place and guard us all. Oh, that's why I woke you. Somehow he followed her into the night. Well, at least he seems to have driven off the wolf. Marcella, Marcella, help me out of bed. No, you have the fever. And I... What's that? Shh, it's her. Her dress all bloody. And she's alone. But where? Oh, dear sweet God. Where is our little brother? the door, the watching girl suddenly feels the blood drain from her head, and a wave of faintness makes her reach for support. In the room outside, the woman turns, moving silently to her bedroom, her wide mouth open in a caricature of a smile. There is blood on her gleaming teeth. I shall return shortly with Act Three. by dark clouds heavy with snow. Outside the cabin, the snow is pouring down. And what might be a small figure dark against the snow has now become only a minor unevenness in the white carpet. Inside the cottage, Marcella, noticing her brother's weakness, has gone to his aid. Herman, brother, let me help you lie down. No, 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 no. I'm all right. You watch her. What is she doing now? She's going into their bedroom. Shh. Wait. Uh, uh, who is it? Lie still, dearest. It's only me. I have lighted the fire to warm some water. I'm not quite well. What? I'll get up, Christina. 
No need. It's nothing I can manage myself. Tell me, what is she doing now? Stirring up the fire. And now she is changing her linen and... Oh, her right leg is bleeding. This is... Wait, wait. Let me see for myself. As I watched in horror, half supported by my little sister, I saw the wound in her leg. There was no mistaking that a bullet had grazed her. I fought back the red mist that was beginning to swim before my eyes long enough to see her remove those parts of clothing that were stained with blood and burn them in the fire after bandaging her leg. Then as she sat, huddled before the flames, the last thing I saw was her wiping her lips daintily and casting the kerchief into the roaring blaze. When I woke up, Marcella was sitting in a chair by my bed. All right, Herman. Uh, yes, yes. I feel better, but weak. The, the fever's gone. You were with me all night? Yes. I was afraid to go to bed. She's still sitting there in front of the fire. And Caesar, did he come back? No. He never returned. Oh, Hem, where is he? How was she wounded unless it was from his gun? And if that's how she was wounded, and that means that she's... Morning, Christina, my dear. You're up and about early. I thought to make your breakfast. Why? Where is Marcella and the boy? Hey, quick, go ask him, where is Caesar? All right. Oh, there you are, Marcella. What are you doing in Herman's room? If you please, Father... Herman has the fever again. He cannot rise from his bed. Where is my little brother, Caesar? Is he not in his room? No. His bed has not been slept in. And he is nowhere in the house. Oh, merciful heavens. Perhaps that's what woke me. I was restless and not feeling well, and I thought I heard the door latch opening. But when I came out, the room was empty. Why would the boy... What is it, Christina? My dear husband, nothing, I hope. But your gun is missing. It's no longer hanging over the chimney. Father, Papa, I, I thought I heard the white wolf last night. And hush, this... hush, child, a little boy. Christina, hand me my broad axe. Leaning weakly against the door, I had heard and seen all this. And when my father went out without another word, in the short while he was gone, I was able to dress myself so that I was just coming out into the main room as he returned. Caesar! Oh, no! Uh, no! No, clear, clear the table, Christina, so I may lay him down. Yes, husband. Uh, stop your weeping, girl, and help her. You may put him down now, Wilhelm. Yes. Ah, uh, poor broken little body. Savaged and mangled. The boy must have taken your gun down and gone after some wolf. But the animal was too powerful for him. Oh, poor child. A dear price to pay for such rations. For three days while the family mourned, I lay in a stupor. You see, my days and nights were filled with fevered dreams through which a great white wolf ran snarling, slashing at me with gleaming white fangs. 
Waking sometimes, I seem to see my stepmother's face floating above me. And through my twisting, fevered tossings, again and again with the looming of night beneath my window about the house, I heard the growl of a wolf. Till one day, I came back to my senses to find Marcella sitting beside me, holding my hand. Oh, you're awake. Can I get you something? Um, no, no. I'm all right again, I think. How, how long have I been... Almost a week. Are you all right? Yes. But Caesar... Oh, I seem to remember Marcella. He's dead, brother dear. Every day I've wanted to go to his grave and pray. Papa has kept us all here in mourning. Today, Father went. My constant urging to make sure that all was well. And was it? He hasn't returned yet. And the stepmother... I'll be glad to know that I'm in the best of health. I'm sorry for your indisposition. You must be very weak. Thank you. But I'll soon have my strength back. Dr. Baum is due to return soon. He'll have me on my feet in no time. For that matter, I feel fine now. Where is everyone? In Hammond's room, husband dear. Can you imagine, Christina... That those wolves, perdition take their whole species, have contrived to dig up my poor boy, and there is nothing left but his bones. Oh, no. Uh, no, that's impossible. Not so, Papa. A wolf growls under our window every night. Why didn't you tell me, Marcella? You wake me the next time you hear it. I will, it will, Helm. Herman is much better, and everything is under control here. But you, poor husband, you had such a shock. Come away with me. Let me soothe you in your grief. But how could they have moved those stones? What were you going to say to Father? I was going to say that all this week while you lay in fever and Father mourned, every night without fail, she left after midnight and was gone till early morning hours. Where do you think she went? I shudder to imagine. But one thing I do know, you or I could be next... We must get away from here. It cannot be too soon for me. The moment you are strong enough. Yes, I agree. Until then, we must stay together, always. Except when Papa is in the house. We... You're safe with him. But he could be in danger, too. Well, it's a danger he'll have to face. Perhaps this is his retribution for killing our mother. Remember, I told you. Yes. But first, we must think of you. And then when the time comes... We will do what has to be done. When the time comes. How bitterly I blame myself for not moving immediately, as I should have. Dr. Baum arrived suddenly, just as I had a full remission of my fevers and my weakness. I was still abed, but ready to rise. More ready, I suppose, than the good doctor realized. Else I would never have heard his fatal words... These anemic conditions, a kind of cancer of the blood for which there is no known cure yet. Some colleagues lean to the name leukemia, but even in the enlightened 18th century, we have no way to stop it from being terminal. How long? Uh, who knows exactly? A week, a month, and certainly not much longer. 
probably sooner than later. I stumbled away from inside the front door where I had been listening. I fell on my bed and wept. Why? Why had God singled me out for this fate? By that very night, I was to know. It was shortly before twilight when the doctor left. An hour, perhaps a little longer, had passed. When suddenly, I was summoned out of my melancholy by... Marcella! Marcella! Father, where is she? She went out to pick some herbs for no, dinner. No, I don't mean my sister. I mean your wife. Christina, out walking. Not, not, not Christina. She is the white wolf. Don't you know what you married? Oh, Herman, Herman, my poor boy. You are under the influence of a fever. You don't know what you're saying. Oh, don't I? Well, look. There. There, you see. Ah, that damn white wolf. <laughs> Give me my gun. What is it, Christina? What is it? Did you see a white wolf? Yes, but what is it? Oh, it's too horrible to think of. Marcella. Oh, no. No, no, I can't say it. She's not dead. I'm afraid so, my loving stepson. That wolf has torn her to pieces. For several days thought my father would never recover from the shock of losing his second child. I was numb myself. Together we buried her, although it was two days before he could bear to consign Marcella to what he called her last resting place. If only that could have been true. But the monster was not yet satisfied. Nor was I. On the third night after my sister was buried, I watched that foul woman, or whatever she was, rise and leave the house. Immediately, I went and wakened my father. Who is it? It's Herman, father. You come with me. Where are we going? What are you doing with my garden? We're going to kill the white wolf. But first, I want you to see her for what she really is. It was bright moonlight as I let my to my sister's grave. And there, oh, too ghastly to relate, was my stepmother in her white nightgown tearing away the stones piled above the grave. She was frantic with haste. In a moment, she was in the grave and ready to rend the sweet flesh apart with her hands, ready to devour it. Oh, great God in heaven. Your wife, or what passes for one, see what you sold yourself. And us, too. This time, I will make sure there is no miss. She dropped like a stone. A bullet through her head. We rushed to the grave. But imagine our horror to find, lying across the remains of my dead sister, not my stepmother, but the body of a large white wolf. What have you done to my daughter, Wilhelm? Where is she? Where she should be, Manfred of Ponsdorf. Where fiends belong. In hell, I hope. Remember your oath that you would never harm her. I made no compact with evil spirits. You did. And if you failed in your vow, your children were to meet the vengeance of the spirits, to perish and their bones blanch in the wilderness as yours shall do for what you have done to my daughter. (laughs) 
A bullet for a bullet. But my daughter is immortal and will wreak her revenge on the last of your blood. Up, Christina, up! lightning, the body of the wolf twitched and then dissolved in a blinding white light out of which Christina appeared. Taking her father's hands, she leapt up behind them on the horse, her voice carrying on the wind as they disappeared. I will be back for you, Herman. Never fear. I will be back. Somehow I brought my father home to die. And somehow I buried him beside my sister and my brother. Then the fever overwhelmed me. I lie now in my bed, weak and helpless, waiting for her to come. The white wolf, the glistening teeth bared, the fangs ready to sink into my throat and slake her insatiable thirst on the blood which first attracted her to this mountain cottage. I wait in eager anticipation. No bullet, no dagger, no mortal means could damage this white wolf. Only the tainted blood which flows through my veins. And so, by an ironic twist of the Almighty, will bring her to the death she so richly deserves. Come, Ilion, come. Sink your fangs and drink my blood so that in dying I can send you to burn to hell for all eternity. Do you feel a shudder run through you? An icy wave of distaste chill the spine? The chance you take, you know, when I open that door and invite you in. I promise you a gripping tale. Not always a nice one. But if you've listened to this late at night, sleep easy. The white wolf is dead. I shall be back shortly. I guess I'm lucky. My family's always been healthy. Oh, a touch of constipation now and then. But we've got X-Lax for that. When you need a laxative, shouldn't your first choice be the one more families buy than any other? That's today's X-Lax. Families like the chocolatey taste. You like the way X-Lax works gently overnight for relief in the morning. Next time, make gentle chocolatey X-Lax your first choice for occasional use only as directed. We've always been healthy, and X-Lax is part of that. I know there is a move afoot to persuade us that the wolf is a much maligned creature. That he is a loving, a good companion, and never kills except for food and sustenance. I'm sure it may be so. But I'll take it on faith. I don't want to prove it by testing the theory. Personally, every time I hear a wolf howl, which is not often, I'm glad to say, I'm tempted to revert to childhood and hide my head under the nearest blanket. Our cast included Norman Rose, Christopher Tabori, Jada Rowland, Anne Shepard, and Paul Tripp. 
The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. <laughs> <laughs>